1: Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with.
0: And the other has never even seen.
1: I'm Emily Jones.
0: And I'm Eric Johnson. Today, we're watching The Avengers. Awesome! Iron Man, Captain America, Thor... Oh, Not wait. the superheroes. Not the superheroes. I have a little thing here telling me. No, not the superheroes. It's a 1960s British TV show that follows the adventures of Agent John Steed and a series of so-called talented amateurs. Or, I guess in Britain, they say amateurs. Most memorably, Emma Peel, played by Dana Rigg. They investigate mysterious and seemingly supernatural goings-on for an unspecified government agency. And I've never seen it.
1: You've never... You know what i'm i don't I'm not even going to pretend no one has seen this show
0: <laughs> really? Um, I mean, it seems like I feel like I've heard of it a bunch, maybe I mean, just from you,
1: possibly just from me. And I mean, it was it was super popular both in Britain and in the u s. when they started airing it in the u s. Um, it's around. It's not it's not totally unheard of, but it's also not like the fact that you you had never seen Thunderball. I mean, it's it's right. a little it's not a little as horrible obscure as sin. It's a little obscure. I'm mostly into it because my dad was really into it, I guess. Um, So at Mm -hmm. some point, my parents decided to take the DVDs out of our local library. I kid you not, real things that (laughs) happened. And we watched them, and it was awesome. Um, So I love the show.
0: I think I definitely heard of the Avengers TV show back when the Avengers movie, the one with Captain America and Iron Man and all those people. Oh, that one. When that came out. (laughs) Yeah no I, I sounds like there's something else there but we'll get to that. No when when the superhero movie came out when the superhero movie came out in 2012 I remember seeing that in the UK they had to change the title slightly that it was it had to be like Marvel's The Avengers uh and then there was like a subtitle too Earth's Mightiest Heroes or something like that or Avengers Assemble that's what it was Avengers Assemble was the name of the movie in the UK because really they didn't cheesy. want people thinking uh, well, I mean, that's, like, kind of the slogan, right? It's I know, Avengers, but it's a simple, still a cheesy
1: name for a movie. I know. It
0: sounds awful. Um, but, no, they had, they had to do it because otherwise people would think they were going to go see a movie starring, I guess, the characters we were about to see here. Yes.
1: Which, actually, someone very misguidedly also already made that movie with Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman, and it's the worst, and please don't watch it.
0: Okay. I mean, <laughs> those are good actors. So, I, I don't know. You re- really think I shouldn't watch it? It's that bad.
1: I... I really hated it. And actually, now that I think about it, that might have been the impetus for the taking the Avengers out of the library, because I remember my dad being really excited about that movie, and we rented it from Blockbuster things one used to do and he was like he was not having it at all he was like so mad about how it just wasn't right and it wasn't it wasn't yeah, all of the things that it changed from nothing changed from the show in like a canonical way in terms of like tone and right the way that it were it was like none of the things that he loved about the avengers were in it even though it was still steed and peel so he so, grabbed little emily
0: dragged her down to the library and says i'm gonna learn you some real tv right here pretty much yeah yeah <laughs> Good to know. So what are we... We're watching three episodes today. Yes, we're
1: watching three episodes from season five, uh, which is the second Mm -hmm. complete season with uh, Diana Reagan in it. Um, And that's partially because those are the ones that are available to stream on Amazon. And it's Mm -hmm. partially because it's also the first season that the show was in color. And the show was really awesome when it was in black and white, but it's so much cooler in color and, like, so much of the, like awesome 60s craziness that happens in the show is just like amplified by the fact that it's also happening in bright
0: colors okay and I'm, I'm looking forward to this now I'm, I'm thinking when you say like 60s tv color palette you know just you immediately there's that's an immediate association with okay i know what you're talking about so looking forward to this it'll
1: it'll be fun and i hope you enjoy it right now eric and i are watching three season five episodes of the avengers we're watching the fear merchants escape in time and the living dead everything that follows this probably isn't going to make much sense unless you've seen them too you can find those episodes and actually all of season five at amazon instant video enjoy the show You've just watched three episodes of The Avengers, Eric.
0: Well, okay. For first off, before I get into it, I have a I have a lot of thoughts. This is going to be a lot of fun to talk yes! about. But I think it's going to uh, be
1: fun too. I'm so excited that you think it's going to be fun because it's an awesome show. So right.
0: So it's... so how about how about starting off? You lead off the conversation okay, here with what what's I like. Your, about it. what's your favorite part? Just 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 pick one if, if you can. If you can narrow <laughs> it down to one.
1: Okay, my favorite part about this show, besides everything, and also Diana Riggs' perfect hair is the way that Steed and Mrs. Peel are always composed, always, they're always just so
0: ready, ready for the situation. Yes, they're ready there. for the
1: situation, and they encounter all kinds of crazy nonsense, and yet they they sort of meet it all with, like, a little more than a raised eyebrow. Like, they're not, they're they're always, unfazed isn't the right word, but they're just, they're just, so calm and collected in the face of like, you know, murder and vast conspiracies and, and being tied up and threatened with torture and it's always just like
0: Strange clothes you wear The devil's work,
1: designed to daze and to bewitch a man's senses
0: to inflame him to lust You should see me 400 years from now You're a heretic a board a witch <laughs> that was my favorite part as well is just how snarky both of them are when their lives are in danger like they are they have a gun literally pointed to their heads and they're cracking jokes and it reminded me a lot you know i'm a big fan of buffy you're a big fan of buffy and i feel like that's something that like that i was thinking the whole time like this is so so much like buffy just the fact that you know you have these villains who are incredibly serious and who are, you know, taking things seriously but the heroes just are just, you know do not give a fuck and it's really entertaining
1: I can take this on. For instance in the third episode that we watched uh, The Living Dead, Steed is literally standing before a firing squad, like he is about to be executed. He hasn't seen Mrs. Peel since she went missing in ages ago in episode timeline
0: It's customary to ask Do you have any last request before you? Yes. Would you cancel my milk?
1: Like, like (laughs) he's so, you know, he's, he's just like, whatever, you know, I'm going to die. Or, you know, Mrs. Peel's going to save me either way. You know, the concern
0: is. He's pretty confident. Exactly.
1: And the concern is for, you know, he's totally never even, never even breaks a sweat. And actually the, the other thing that I love, I mean, I know I'm supposed to say one thing, but it's a related thing. Yeah. um, Yeah, Yeah. Is that. What we're talking about with their sort of calm, cool, collected whole vibe that they give off is that a lot of times that almost applies more to Emma than it does to Steed. Like, in all three of the episodes that we watched, at least one of them ended up captured by the bad guys and, you know, under threat of torture and or death. And he was kind of, even though his response was, again, can you just cancel my milk? If anything, he was like kind of more shaken by it than she was. And like much more visibly like relieved and grateful when she came in and rescued him, then visibly
0: shaken. As you point out. But in the first episode, the one about the uh, scientists who use fear, uh, what's it called? Merchants of fear. Um, in that one, they have this, ridiculous chair that but depending on how you rest your arms on it it then can tell your blood pressure your 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 breathing rate like they can tell you all all this stuff i'm sorry uh, do you
1: not have a lie detector chair
0: uh, not yet. It's it's in the shop, um, but uh, no. So they have they have this chair, and at the end, uh, I think I think it's Steed peel. Like, oh, you know, didn't you worry that I wasn't going to show up to rescue you? And she says, oh no, not not at all. But then it cuts quickly to the lie detector part. Right? Showing yeah, showing, she, she's showing lying. You she, lied. She, she was worried. She does no. But visibly, she does.
1: She does worry, but
0: but she doesn't show. Yeah, it. Yeah, she doesn't thing. show it
1: at all, and she's not like you know. She never goes so far as to like when she rescued Steed. He was like, oh. I'm gonna. She he like kissed, gave her a kiss on each cheek, you know, very French style, you know, and actually like express him and some gratitude. And she like, they both they both end up. I'll say in even in other episodes, you know, more episodes than you've watched, they frequently end up one or the other of them is captured by the bad guy, and the other one rescues them. Rescues them. And the reaction to being rescued is always kind of like, somebody's been holding Mrs. Peel in a dungeon, and by the time Steed gets there to rescue her, she's also, you know, casually knocked out her jailer or whatever. And she's just like, she's just like sitting there with her arms folded, you know, just, oh, hello, took you long enough to get here. like.
0: I know you're going to get here eventually. Yeah, Yeah, they're just totally
1: chill. (laughs) I love it.
0: So actually, yeah, so that brings me to uh, the thing with when he gets rescued and they, the kiss on the cheek. So, obvious question, so are they just sort of a... No one knows. Sort of a, okay, so it's never actually spelled out. Because he calls her Mrs. Peel, but I also know that that's, like, I think of that as being, like, kind of an older person thing. Like, a previous generation of, like, calling your own wife Mrs. whatever, if you have the same last name or... I right. guess so even if not, you know. So um, So
1: she she is Mrs. Peel from a previous marriage. There is a Mr. Peel.
0: Okay. Um yeah, but Mr. Peel is no longer around.
1: Yes. And the story okay. is that he like disappeared I don't remember what his job was. He disappeared doing something. But yeah, so she she is a widow, or at least a presumed widow. But they never go there. There is again at at most a raised eyebrow. Right. They they hinted at it a lot. They have they have an obvious affection. They're very close. Mm-hmm. They and one thing you have to you have to take into account is 1960s television standards. Um mm-hmm. nothing nothing even if they were married, nothing like racy or suggestive could really happen. Right. So that's separate beds, of course. That's a yeah. really that's a really big part of why everything is kept to an eyebrow raise. Right. So if you look at it with those standards in mind, like there is definitely some oh really kind of st- like for instance, they both pretty obviously have fairly constant access to one another's apartments. Um, mm-hmm. They very frequently just kind of walk into each other's apartments. In other episodes, they're sometimes in each other's apartments. Like, Steed will come home and she'll be there, like, having made right. tea or whatever. So there's a lot of... But they of... don't
0: live together. They don't have... No, they, they don't. They do, like... They don't live so together. It's...
1: There's... um, There's... If if you're looking for it, though, there's definitely an undercurrent. I mean, you can... You, you know, they're... And especially, again, when you consider that they are not, they don't work together, formally. Steed works for, they never really say, like, as you get later in the series, um, there starts to be some development of, like, there being somewhat of an intelligence apparatus above him.
0: Okay. Um, But but P.O. doesn't work for that same... No, she does not. Oh, really? Okay. No,
1: that's, remember, Talented Amateur is the... Is the phrase oh, yeah? I so see. she's just she's just someone he knows in huh. some capacity who is wicked smart. I mean, honestly, they yeah. make it they make it pretty explicit. I don't know how much in the episodes we watched again, but that she's actually like smarter than he is a lot of the time. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, she definitely has a lot of. Um, not one-upsmanship, but, you know, he'll start to say something, and she says, oh, yes, that's uh, 113 miles away, or when they're talking about cars or guns or, I don't know, other stuff guys are into, and then then she, like, will start reciting. She, she knows all this stuff. She knows everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, often, male fantasy.
1: <laughs> she's often, like, working on an article to publish in a scientific journal and all of that, yeah.
0: Okay. No, but I kind of I kind of got the vibe, though. It, it kind of reminded me of, like, you know, the Thin Man movies, where you have kind of these this couple where this they're like total alcoholics, but they're they're married and they're very clearly like you know uh, they're very clearly in love and they just solve crimes together in between bouts yeah, of drinking. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, that's sort during the... <laughs> bouts
1: of drinking, I mean the crimes often come crashing yes, into too. their dinner parties.
0: <laughs> yeah, these two like at the at the end of the first episode. Now, where do we keep the champagne? I've run out. Not a drop in the place. What? just kidding, of course we have champagne. We always have champagne. Why wouldn't we have champagne? Right, and it's
1: actually, that's the the episode you're referring to is the Fear Merchants and they kind of play on that as like
0: Now that really frightened you, didn't it? Right. So, um, back to the whole thing of like 1960s TV standards. There's definitely, you know, a lot of, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more sort of stuff going on. But I was kind of surprised there were some brutal murders in this show. Like, really, for especially for such a, a campy, you know, cartoony sort of show. Like, there's a guy who got crushed to death by a falling bulldozer. There was just a whole line of people who got mowed down by Mrs. Peel with a machine gun.
1: Yeah, you know? and when the guy got crushed by the bulldozer, you notice Steed's only reaction was to fix his hat.
0: Exactly, if, <laughs> fix if, his
1: bowler hat and and climb out. Like, yeah, I'd expect
0: that from James Bond, but like that that that's like cold, and you know, like that that, that was yeah. Um, they have a
1: pretty chill relationship with murder.
0: Yeah, so I, I don't know. That has kind of uh, jumped out at me, but then on the other hand, on the opposite extreme of that, the show could be very cartoony at times, like just in terms of obviously the premise. You have these, you know very elaborate plots for no real discernible gain you know and you have the secret organization where there's a random german scientist because you know it's 1960s we still hate the germans of course and, we do of course yeah and uh, and then and actually the third episode another random german because we hate the germans um but sort of the cartoony nature of the show like you know the opposite end of all the brutal death You have these scenes, I'm thinking especially of the first episode, uh, The Merchants of Fear, where you have a guy who's really scared of birds. Okay, cool. Scared of birds, freaks out, I will buy that. To get away from the bird, he jumps out of a window to his death. And I'm just like, um, is that really the logical response to avoid a bird that's loose in your (laughs) office? It just no, seems it's... a little extreme, just a tad, a smidge extreme.
1: I'm um, was it intentional that he jumped I out? I think so.
0: Oh, I, I, I thought, thought he kind of like
1: I thought he was sort of like in escape mode, but not necessarily like, I'm going to jump out the window to my death. I thought he was just more kind of like, this is the fastest way out of this closed space with my number one fear.
0: I guess, but I mean, you have—I I I mean, don't know—other characters were seem content just freaking out and just like losing their minds, but staying in the room and not dying. And some, for some reason, this guy decided eh,
1: oh, yeah, defa- self disfenestration you know. We needed, we needed a death just to, yeah. to drive home the seriousness of it. No, and I mean, like the that premise in general, like right. You it, know, it we all silly. have we all have things that we're seriously afraid of, but. Right. when confronted with them would we go absolutely out of our wits i don't know <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's a response that's very specific to the psychological profile that also goes into being the CEO of a ceramics corporation? I'm not sure. It's
0: very convenient that all six of the ceramics CEOs had very common phobias. I mean, that's just, that's a total money saver for, for, for the evil organization. Like, they just, they didn't have to do any work. It's just like, oh, his dad's an ornithologist. He must be afraid of birds. Get him! <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, yeah, I wrote right down the line. That's always yeah.
1: what you're looking for in your victims when you are an evil organization.
0: It, yeah, in the episode when they're kind of like before they, laund- they before they release the bird on him, they say, "Oh yes, he's clearly unstable." His father was an ornithologist, and it's one of those things where you know not everyone knows ornithologist means person who studies birds, but if you do, it's just like what? <laughs> it, it, it's one of those times where knowing more makes something more confusing. Where where that line makes zero sense at all. Before or after he gets attacked by a bird? That's anyway, very true. Well, tangent. and they definitely
1: <laughs> they definitely play a lot on things that are, at least in the framework of the show, somewhat like new or a little bit a little bit cutting edge, and like how could that be evil? Kind of right. Um. So like I don't know if you noticed that in this show where where Steed and Mrs. Peel know. They know a lot of stuff. They know so much yeah. stuff that like, we would have to look up on the internet or at least like, go, to a, <laughs> go to a library. Or like in Buffy, they would have to like dig up the... The, 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 per- the
0: old book that Giles has. The specific has. old
1: book that happens to be in the high school library to like find right. out what the thing was. <laughs> it's like, oh, right, that mine, that, uh, that mine collapse. That was about five years ago, wasn't
0: it? There were 30 men lost and the roof caved in.
1: And they were never able to get out.
0: The pit was sealed off and the mine closed down. And it's exactly accurate.
1: Like they, they do a lot of that stuff. Ben so even though they know they know all of these weird random details, Steed has never heard of arachnophobia. Right. Um and it's just like that, you know, they're trying they're trying to play on like something that was like I don't know, I guess pop psychology at the time. Um, well, also, I mean, that's which sort of like a, which, a
0: plot convenience thing. Well, like, it's yeah. one thing in Buffy where they have the library there and they have a character who can be the master of these books, but it would be really boring to show every single episode them, like, going through the newspaper Very archives true. to find this thing. So that, that thing I'm actually well, more willing, to, willing but, to, you know, not forgive is the wrong word, but, you know, I'm more willing to accept that without thinking about it.
1: Right. But what what I mean, though, is um, it's it's so often, like, taking something like deep-seated phobias that maybe the average person isn't that well versed in or wasn't when the episode aired wasn't that necessarily familiar right. with like that idea and you know expanding it out into the way it could be horrible, the way it could be weaponized.
0: I, I was a bit surprised that in, in the, the first episode, the one with all the ceramics guys, the one who hired the evil organization had was basically a 3D printer. He had this machine to make ceramics.
1: Oh and it made great noises, didn't it? <laughs>
0: but it, it never came back it was just there to make those noises and then it was just like it, it's not like that was important to the plot at all um, so that was kind of weird and then in the third episode with the time travel in that one you have basically what is the world's least functional slot machine where you, you have a uh, <laughs> it's a slot machine with, with the handle and it can only land on five things five different years and then when it's unplugged it spits out a coin um so i <laughs> i don't i don't not sure if i get it but it was it was like i thought that was very funny the way they seemingly repurposed a an actual slot machine for the sake of a, a time travel or, or at least the appearance of a time travel device
1: how else would you accomplish time travel given yeah, not having a tardis like I, that I know, makes perfect sense it's almost as ridiculous as
0: having a phone booth that can travel through time i mean seriously that, that's you know ludicrous
1: but also um, excellent
0: yeah okay now speaking of ludicrous I have noticed a theme in your recommendations. In Thunderball, we had a ship Okay, there have been
1: two recommendations.
0: Right, but between the two, a very clear theme. In Thunderball, we had a boat that ran aground and then spontaneously blew up. In this show, we have a bike chase where the bike falls off a small cliff, falls over, and then blows up. So okay. I cannot wait to see what's going to blow up in the okay. next thing you recommend. Okay, okay.
1: I take issue with you taking issue with that because <laughs> that is such a trope. It's not even real.
0: Like, it's, it's something I would expect to see in... I, I don't know. It just... It seems like something I was only see... that's
1: a cliche, Eric. All it right, comes right. from somewhere. I mean, I'm just in... Saying. in have you seen Magic Mike? Not Magic Mike. I'm sorry. Wrong Channing Tatum movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you
0: seen... I've not seen that one either, but what, what's the one you're going to ask about?
1: Have you seen 21 Drum Street?
0: No, I haven't. Oh. But see, now, but I do know, I'm aware that that is a, a straight comedy, though, whereas this is like... No, 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 but, no but there's story. a reason.
1: There's a reason I'm bringing that up as a straight comedy. Okay. Because as a straight comedy, at the end, there's like a final chase scene thing, yeah. and um, a a bunch of vehicles collide with walls and other vehicles and other things and every they single all blow time up. no every <laughs> single time Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill brace for the explosion and then they look at each other and they're kind of like what happened i don't know it just didn't explode that's weird and then i don't remember what the specific thing is that blow, that eventually blows up but it's something really stupid right. that you wouldn't expect yeah. to blow up and they're like
0: that's what exploded! Holy shit, that was crazy. You and that's hit? just
1: one example because it's the thing I've seen most recently. But like anything that parodies, like action movies, action adventure, any of that kind of stuff, totally involves or plays on like implausible explosions of vehicles when they run into things. I like,
0: like, is, is it fair to call Avengers a, a parody? I mean, it no, seems no, no, no like it's not it a parody. Was, I'm
1: not saying Avengers yeah. is a parody. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying that. That thing that you observed as happening in Thunderball right. and happening in the Avengers—it
0: happens everywhere. Yeah, it's, happens, it's a very common. Happens thing. so
1: universally in in anything <laughs> at all that involves any right. form of chase or vehicular threat that it is like one of the most commonly mocked.
0: Fair point. Okay, I, I can so see like, that. I, I'm gonna wind up I, I realize probably that I'm I gonna pick, wind up eating these words because I'm gonna recommend something down the line where this happens and then you're gonna give me shit about it. I so really let's am. just call it off it really now, at this point. And okay. and the
1: fact you're basically just pointing out the fact that I picked two like fairly campy action yeah. things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like of course there are campy explosions in them.
0: Of course. Come on. Okay. <laughs> I, I can see the point.
1: Cut the chase scene some slack.
0: So so back to sort of the, the the meat of the show. So yeah, like I, as I said, overall I thought it was really entertaining. There, there was there were very few points at which I was not entertained, which is a big big plus. That is good. I, however, it was. I mean, it's all very case of the week, right? So it's always changing and as you mentioned with sort of the kidnappings, right, it's a bit repetitive at times. So it's one of those things where I could see myself watching like an episode or two a day, but I definitely could not binge watch this show, at least based not, on, not based on the three that I saw today. Like if, if it had gone to four, it would have been kind of like tired by four, you know? So it's one of those things where it's, maybe it's just kind of the, the genre or whatever, but I, I I did get kind of get the sense that it was intended to be watched on a like week by week, or at least spaced out a little bit sort of, schedule you know
1: and you might be getting at why you know i've never i've watched the show i've seen the episodes that we watched today multiple times right. before i've seen plenty of episodes of the show i've seen quite a few of them multiple times so yeah i mean i you're you're probably getting at some of the reason that i personally have never been to watch the show it's kind of been something that yeah. i go back to come back and forth whatever um, but yeah, no. It definitely, it definitely doesn't lend itself to binge watching or to obsessing or mythologizing, really, because there's like yeah. there's not there's not enough there for that. And like like you're I, you're s- not
0: expected to have seen every episode in order. This is not you really kind of, don't have to have seen
1: almost any other episode to see any given episode.
0: Right. Really, which, which is which is convenient. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's something. It's it's two two sided coins. So it, it's a fun show. I think you know it's something I would definitely recommend that. You can just drop it at any point, or at least based on the, the ones I've seen. It seems you can drop it at any point That's and been my and show it show too. it to other people, kind of kind of loosely. You don't there doesn't need to be like like I did with Doctor Who, where I stressed out over oh god, which which is right. the first episode that Emily should see, you know? Yeah, and, it, and
1: I think and I think that some of that stuff starts to matter a little bit more when you get into the person who succeeded Mrs. Peel. Okay, her name is Tara, and that is again where like some of the sort of more intelligence apparatus stuff like. You meet Steed's boss, and you get to learn more. And and um, that's actually where the show kind of started to get worse. Like, it, as it got away from mm. its it's
0: it got it got too. Its tied strength, up in its own yeah, plot, and its maybe. strength really was
1: yeah. being like just kind of a very cool mystery of the week show. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I was thinking actually. Um, it's kind of like the opposite of Doctor Who in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, it has similarities. It's like a sci-fi kind of show. British, premiered in the sixties. But first I mean, of Doctor all, Doctor Who
0: definitely has some mystery of the week or case of the week. Type it does, episodes but it's well, also but... like
1: very sequential. And yes. and the Avengers really isn't. You can you could watch the whole yeah. season out of order; it wouldn't matter. Um, and then the other thing also that that makes it kind of the opposite of Doctor Who, or not just mm-hmm. the opposite, but kind of like the other side of the coin sort of sure i feel like yeah. really often with and also full disclosure um in the time since eric and i recorded the episode about doctor who which was based on my watching three episodes from season three of the revived series i have since watched all of the first three seasons of the revived series and i'm
0: obviously oh, so you're, you're done with the no i'm actually not then. done with season
1: three i watched up through blank and now i i'm watching Torch, torchwood so, I have more background on Doctor Who than I did the last time we were talking about Doctor Who, is yes. all I'm saying. Anyway, I feel like so often, not not every time, but very often what the Doctor and whoever his companion are, are dealing mm-hmm. with is something is going on mm-hmm. in the world. Um, Probably
0: an apocalypse somewhere.
1: <laughs> yes. And the other people around them are operating under the assumption, either they haven't noticed what's wrong, or they're operating mm-hmm. under the assumption that whatever is wrong has some kind of explanation in I'm not gonna say grounded on Earth because it's so often in space, mm-hmm. but you know, grounded in whatever their lived reality is.
0: There is an explanation. Right. Yeah. There is
1: well, and there still is an explanation, but they assume that the explanation is a normal thing or right. understandable right. in whatever their framework is, whether it's Victorian England or a spaceship in the year five thousand. Like they assume mm-hmm. that it they don't assume that it has to do with aliens. They don't assume that something crazy and supernatural is going on, and it takes Except the doctor. Martha,
0: who just knows. <laughs> well, well,
1: right. But yeah. it takes the doctor to come in and say, "Like, have you seen those drawings Moon? I haven't seen anything." Yes, you have, out the corner of your eye. No, and you dismissed it because what choice do you have when you see something you can't possibly
0: explain? You dismiss it, right? And if anyone mentions it, you get angry, so it's never spoken of ever She's again. She's a child, and you're terrified of her, but there's no one to turn to because who's going to believe the things you see out the corner of your eye? No one. Except me.
1: <laughs> um, or aliens are invading or whatever it is. And it's it's kind of like the opposite formula. You know, they, they often encounter people who think that, you know, they're traveling you back in time. think that time travel is
0: real. Right, yeah, who or think that time the travel is real. real or
1: who think that there are aliens or, or think mm-hmm. that whatever it might be is happening. And then Steed and Peel figure out the system of mirrors and drugs and whatever mm-hmm. it is that creates the illusion of that happening.
0: Yeah, the the show is kind of... The Avengers is kind of halfway between Doctor Who and Scooby-Doo. So, um, yeah. Hey, Doctor Who!
1: Doctor Who has an element of the Scooby-Doo, too. Oh,
0: no, 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 it does. I'm just saying, at Scooby-Doo, it's always, oh, it's like, that old oh, man we met at the start of the episode who's angry about people, something <laughs> happening. Who would have thought that he would be the ghost, you know? Um, so there's there's always kind of a, yeah, at least, maybe I'm wrong, maybe there are later episodes where things are, the formula's different, but at least in these episodes, there's kind of a, in a fun way, in an entertaining way, but oh, a there's sort of definitely a formula. Of,
1: this might be a good time to note, I don't know, I don't know, if this is something that you noticed or all at all or picked mm. up on that steed is Steed is very old guard, way yeah. older guard. I'm, I mean, his car, his car is, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to put a decade on it. Cause I don't know enough about cars, but it's,
0: but at least two decades. old. It's probably, an early, Oh, yeah.
1: more than that. It's an early 20th yeah. century's car. And you okay. know, he's very much in like this, like Edwardian outfit, like totally old, mm-hmm. not a, not a, you know 60s cut of suit often double-breasted wearing his bowler hat he's totally bowler hat and the umbrella oh yeah and then and then mrs peel is is all modern super mod with like her like Mm -hmm. cutouts and her crazy brightly colored catsuits and stuff like (laughs) yep and And at one point she she said like oh yeah
0: i'm a fully emancipated woman or something like that which is just kind of like all right we're in the 60s cool (laughs) yeah Yeah, so this is this is just an observation, not not a complaint. But I wanted to just ask about the Eyebrow wardrobe raised. changes in this show. The wardrobe changes. They're totally impractical. Oh yeah. There are there are things where it's like they do one thing in one room and by the time they go to the other room, like literally next door, they've both changed their clothes. Like I understand kind of the reasoning of like, okay, color TV is new. Let's show off the colors, right? Like, I mean that's something that's like, you know, part of the whole sixties palette of the of these shows. But I was just cracking out. And also like,
1: Di- were, Diana Rigg is young and pretty and let's, put her, that, that let's helps. put her in let's put her in as many like bizarre mod outfits showing yep. that off <laughs> as we possibly can, including like weird cutouts yep. and
0: there's there's one point i wrote this down where she was in one of the one of those weird outfits and they're talking about if she's taking the in the merchants of fear where she's taking the questionnaire from the from the marketing group and she says like oh there's some extremely revealing questions oh, yeah turns and then <laughs> and then like you know a whole a whole side of her body's exposed you know it's super it, intentional it was, it was it was really funny um just that that's not a not a complaint at all i just thought that was so uh, so hilarious and it was almost like a game. By the time I got to like the second or third episode, I was just like, "What should to be wearing next time?" You, you know. Um, I, I don't normally. So glad
1: that we're recording this because I don't think that is like I'm not. I've definitely never heard you say that before. I'm. Not I am do not sure normally care an, about clothes. I'm not I, sure I that re- that's. I'm not sure that's a sentiment you've ever expressed before. So I'm really glad not, I have no. it on record and i usually tape, ignore like, eric johnson just said the sentence <laughs> oops
0: deleted oh shit i just no. lost the tape sorry um, <laughs> eric johnson no, okay. just
1: said the sentence i found myself watching to see what she'll be wearing next
0: it's not it's not like i'm anti wardrobe or anything it's I know, not like you're... I'm anti the craft that goes into making costumes it's just that i never notice it but here it was taken to such a degree. I couldn't not notice it, and I and I had a lot of fun with it. I will fully fully cop to the fact that, that was that became yes. part of the fun of the show for me. So point to Emily. <laughs>
1: That's a large part of why watching the color season is also really big.
0: I figured like, I figured that, that was part of your reason. That
1: happens. That happens in in the black and white seasons too. But like, there's just so much extra added to
0: when it's in color so overall i would say thumbs up for, for this for me um i just Correct. wouldn't binge it is Success. all i just I, I i just not sure if i could handle more than three in a row as is my my only reservation <laughs> so we have been carrying a pretty consistent streak of british themed things that we are watching we've seen thunderball doctor who avengers and i'm scared to get us off track but i think we can still i think the podcast will still work if we're not talking about something that's <gasps> purely british <gasps> Next time, uh, what we're going to watch is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Now, there is a British component. The director is Edgar Wright, who I'm pretty sure is British. So there's that. His name sounds Um, British. Yeah, and it has a very British sense of humor. Um, But no, so it's uh, it's Michael Cera and Anna Kendrick and a bunch of other Americans, you know, people who talk like us. So, um, yeah, look forward to that. uh, I'm looking what? forward to that
1: too. I never, I never saw that at the time.
0: It's one of those things where I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really curious to hear your reaction because it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff about video games in there, and uh, so I'm not I'm gonna not... get
1: any of the jokes, is what you're telling me.
0: We'll see. Well, let's, <laughs> table that till next time. Just put a pin in that. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, yeah, join us next time for when we'll be talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, Emily, before we go, where else can we find you online?
1: I am on Twitter at EJ Reports,
0: and I'm on Twitter at Hey Hey This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit gvnpodcast.com.